the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. We've had a fine day with some sunshine, some clouds in the 60s and down to the 40s tonight. Tomorrow, we're supposed to have a lot of sunshine and touch 70. So we'll take that. In fact, the rest of the week, we're supposed to be kind of on that a lot of sunshine, occasional clouds, and around 70, 72. Looks like we're having a nice stretch heading our way. Phillies had a nice win last night, 6 2 over uh, Washington. Phillies manager Joe Girardi asked uh, after the game if he was impressed by the team's offense. They actually had a lead. Bryce Harper had a home run in the first inning, and uh, the game was close. And then they got three runs, I think, in the eighth inning, and he was asked about that. Yeah, I mean, that's you know that's what we've talked about, just keep getting them on. I mean, on base, when you have a lot of people on base, eventually you're going to score runs. You know, you consistently do it, you're going to be a good offense. And we consistently put people on, and we finally broke through. Big hit by Alec, and then a really big hit by Andrew Knapp. Yeah, Andrew Knapp also uh, asked about his ability to come in and help out. I think JT Robuto got a bit of an injury, and he uh, had to jump in there. Yeah, it's I mean, it's always good to add on, but especially the way things have kind of been going lately, the last couple in Atlanta. Um, and just on the road in general, it's hard to close out games. So the more runs you can get to kind of separate yourself, the better. Um, I thought it was big for Hector to get out of that inning with, with no runs, you know, kind of help him. But, um, yeah, it was nice to be able to come off the bench with a little – very little notice and, and help the team. So um felt pretty good about that. It's Phillies catcher Andrew Knapp on the mound. Chase Anderson, who, uh, you know, not one of their top three pitchers, if you will, but they, they need him to be what they call an innings eater, pick up some uh, some of the, the slack and help the, help the team uh, fill out the season, if you will. And a lot of times they're looking to guys like Chase to see if he can give five or six innings and, uh, and then get to the bullpen. And he did that last night. He got five innings, uh, gave just a couple of runs, and he was asked about his performance on the mound. I worked on a few things. I've been working on a few things this whole season to kind of get back on track where I know I can be consistently as a starting pitcher. Caleb and I have been really working tirelessly on the side sessions and throwing program and uh, a couple little minor things, and it's good to see him pay off a little bit tonight. Still couldn't get the heater. I wanted it down to way to righties. If I could get there, I was pitching into the eights for sure. But overall, yeah, definitely pleased with the outing and definitely pleased with the the way the guys, uh, you know, play behind me and uh, the bullpen shutting it down and then the guys scoring enough runs for us to get this win. It's okay. huge. Chase Anderson of the Phils, who uh, picked the second win on the season. They play again against Washington this evening, 7-0-5. Sixers lost last night to Indiana. Uh, part of the reason Joel Embiid not in the lineup, although they've won a lot of games with him out as well. They still have a very realistic chance to get that top seed, which would be very helpful as the playoffs uh, come up fairly soon. Victoria, how are you doing today? Happy Wednesday. Happy midday through the week. Yeah. You doing doing right? well. Yeah. The weather's beautiful. You know, spring. I'm doing well. Good. Well, ditto here. And we have a very special guest that I'm excited about because we don't get to have this gentleman on very often. It's Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, which comes at 5 o'clock. He's going to be joining us. 
So that's very exciting. He has a new book out. It's called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. And he's a busy man. He doesn't mind doing interviews, but he's really about you know doing a lot of the, day, the day-to-day of leading a church in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, he's been doing this writing. So we're looking forward to having him on to talk about that. Alistair Begg, by the way, though you may have uh, heard him on the program, Truth for Life, by, uh, you know, coming up at 5 o'clock each weekday. He has a, a, a funny bone, if you will, in him. He's, I think we're going to have a, a good conversation, uh, not, just, uh, not just on the serious side, but I think, you know, he, if you've listened to the program, you'll catch that as well. Very serious about God's Word, but also uh, incorporates a lot of humor in what he does. So we'll have him on in just a couple of moments here. Alistair Begg from Truth for Life will be our special guest this hour at the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's The Tim DeMoss Show, and we are very glad that it's 2021 because every other year we get the chance to speak to the one and only Alistair Begg. Hello, sir. How are you? Well, I'm very well. Nice to hear your voice, Tim. Is it only every two years I get to talk to you? Yes, and it, and it's because you're a busy guy. You, your nose is in God's Word so much, it's hard to pry you away. Well, I I, I don't know about the busy part, but <laughs> certainly my nose, that's where my nose needs to be. <laughs> well, we get the privilege of airing your program each day at 5, right after our, this show is done. And it also airs 5.30 weekday morning. It's been on the station for years, so folks get the chance to do that, but... It's great to have you on because, uh, especially the new book, and just a chance to hear your heart about that and some other important matters like soccer. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the new book for a moment, Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. Uh, when we had you on about the book Pray Big you did a couple years back, I think you mentioned that that came as you were preparing for sermons and and related studies that the church had done. How about the, the backstory for Brave by Faith? Yeah, same thing. Um, obviously, not every sermon uh, that I preach or series that I do is going to find its way into print for all kinds of reasons. But, uh, you know, every so often um, a series registers in such a way that it would appear that there might be value not in simply taking the transcripts and turning them into a book, but in working with the material in a way that it could be presented like that. And uh, when we studied Daniel, uh, certainly a couple of years, maybe three years ago, uh, it was clear that it it just rang a bell in my heart and in our hearts. And so when we started to work on the book, of course, we, we weren't anticipating the pandemic. We weren't anticipating... Uh, the strange world that we've inhabited over these last, you know, 12 or 15 months. But now that the book has come out, you know, as of the beginning of May, it looks as though we almost wrote it because of these circumstances, uh, when in point of fact we didn't. But it, there's no question that it intersects with many of the concerns that people have and speaks to the opportunities that are before us in seeking to live for Christ uh, when we're regarded as the bad guys. Yeah, you know, it kind of almost underlines the point that you make in the book, among other things, that God's the God of history. He's on his throne. He was on his throne back in the days of Daniel, and he's still on his throne now. So whether it's coronavirus, whether it's, uh, you know, social unrest or political unrest, and whether it timed out with your book or not, the God is still who he is, and that doesn't ever change. Yeah, which is a wonderful thing, isn't it, about 
about the Bible as well that um, we never we, we're never going to outgrow it. We'll never outlive it. And the things you know that were written in the past were written for for us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And uh, that, that that I think is a, a strong message at the moment. As I just watch and uh, listen uh, as people speak to me. Chat with Alistair Begg, who's senior pastor of Parkside Church, right in Cleveland, Ohio. Still going strong there. Is that going well? Trying my best. You know, I I live to fight another day. We're coming up on 38 years, which seems remarkable to me. I I can't believe that my congregation is as long-suffering as it is, but here we are. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned Cleveland and long-suffering, and those words may seem to be next to each other often in, in some ways, at least in the sports. But that's shifted, I guess, in the last few years. And then the football team, I know we mentioned soccer before, the American football has been improving. And, and our pastor, I think I mentioned to you last time you were on, our pastor's a Cleveland Browns fan, which has provided fodder for sermons about suffering in the past. But, uh, <laughs> but it, well, uh, I, I'm no expert on American football, but they tell me that uh, the Browns are in a solid position um, in anticipation of a new season beginning. Yeah. Uh, of course, I've been listening to that story for a great number of years as well. And uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they're about to get it right. Yeah. Alistair Beck from Truth for Life is our guest. We're just going to take a quick break, and then we want to get into the book itself that he has just released. It's called Brave by Faith. We are giving that away as part of our Ministry of Month feature, which is about Truth for Life. That program comes up at 5 o'clock today. We'll get into the book and much more. Alistair Begg and Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for listening in today. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 418, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in today, AM560 WFIL.com, perhaps on the app. And our special guest this hour, Alistair Begg. Truth for Life. Uh, the new book is called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. And uh, that theme, uh, really, you keep drawing back to it over and over. Like, don't let what's right in front of you. However however massively real it may seem, or even may be, it's not the true reality, just like this world's not our home. Maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's clearly a long, long way away from where we live our lives, but the story is not an unfamiliar story in as much as uh, the the picture of the the church is uh, set set in a world that is opposed to uh, Jesus as the king and so that means that the followers of the king are going to come up against that i think that american christianity has enjoyed arguably a long period of time where ev- any evidence of a kind of invasion by the culture has been something about which we've only read. But uh, that that picture has changed dramatically now. And uh, the reality is that uh, although Daniel and his friends were taken away and given new names and were put in an alien university, uh, the fact is that many of our young people, if they're just within the framework of routine education at the moment, are being impressed upon by ideas and concepts that are uh, firmly opposed to the clear instruction of the Bible. At, at the level of uh, 
you know, the level of family life itself. I mean, what it means to be a mom, what it means to be a dad, what it means to uh, live within that framework, whether that framework is even relevant anymore. The idea that, uh, that there is objective, uh, verifiable data, that there is truth that we can uh, reflect upon, uh, all those things are, are being challenged. And so uh, young people and older people, too, are going to have to take a long, hard look about at what they believe and to see whether they are prepared by faith uh, to be brave enough to take a stand. Chat with Alistair Begg today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. That preparedness you just mentioned there, I think a key part as well, you you talk about in the book, uh, an early, uh, early part of the book about drawing a line and uh, how Daniel, in the story that you're you know sharing from Scripture, how when they were transferred from one land to the other, they, they had to give up their location, their names were changed, their education was changed, but they drew the line with the food and beverage part of it, and uh, they had concrete in their mind, and you encourage listeners, you may have different lines uh, to draw, but to be intentional and think through those lines and have them ready so you're not just kind of floating downstream. Yes, I mean, the, it, when, you, when you think about what they did, of all the things, uh, you know, the dietary laws may seem the strangest of things, uh, but it was actually an external working or an external outworking of a firmly held conviction that was at the core of their identity as individuals. And so for that reason, they are prepared to say, I can't go any further than this. Now, I point out in the book that not everybody's line will be at the same place, you know. Uh, Some people are still teaching in a public school system that insists that each of the teachers put a rainbow flag on their desk. Uh, Others have said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I won't uh, teach in that context. Uh, Some stay in in order that they might be able to influence it. Others leave because they say "It's it's a sinking ship. But my task as a pastor is to teach the Bible in such a way that um, those who are listening will be able to, as you say, Tim, process this information and think things out for themselves and, you know, order their decisions uh, on the basis of Scripture. I'm constantly saying to our folks, you know, it's essential that we view culture through the lens of Scripture and not Scripture through the lens of culture Mm -hmm. so that the, the, the Bible is the is the lamp that shines out into the darks and lets us see really what's what's going on. It's interesting you say that our family and our family have a, a little girl who's disabled. She's 15 now, hard to believe. And when she was little and we were still really not sure what was going to happen in her life, um, I had our kids around the table, her older siblings, and I said, uh, make, make those glasses with your fingers. I can never do it. Like poke myself in the eye, but make those reverse glasses on your face and, and pretend you're looking, you know, look at Tori and say something about her that you know is true through God's word. So like God is faithful, God knows my name, whatever it is. And that and that the importance of what you just said is so true. To to look at your circumstance through truth. Don't have like God's word on the left, the circumstance on the right, and your swivel heading back and forth between the two, trying to make sense. So Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, that's that's a good point, Tim. I, I, I think that we have to help each other with that because, you know, all of us have blind spots as well, and we might be missing something. And I I constantly have to be reminded of that, not only by my wife, but by the people who care enough and are brave enough by faith to point 
why he had had it to me. <laughs> Alistair Begg is our guest, uh, senior pastor of Parkside Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Truth for Life uh, program, 5 o'clock each weeknight and 5.30 uh, weekday mornings. Uh, new book is called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. Uh, later on, as the story develops and you're, you're going back and forth with the book of Daniel, of course, the 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 part one of the main parts of the story uh, that folks are familiar with is when they're confronted with, uh, you know, whether they're going to obey in chapter three of Daniel uh, or or not. And you talked about, well, yeah. what are you going to do in times of crisis? Yeah, and 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 I think I point out that, you know, crisis doesn't create conviction. It, it reveals its presence or its absence, so that when the when the chips are down, then the things that are deeply held uh, in terms of faith uh, will either be the, uh, the the foundation of our response, or will get swept away. And it's relatively easy to uh, come up with uh, compromises on just about any any area at all. And the thing that is very striking about those young men is that when push comes to shove, you know, if it's, uh, if you don't do this, we'll put you in a fiery furnace. And they say, well, you know what? We, we actually believe that God can protect us in this furnace and whether he does or whether he doesn't, we're still not bound down to your deal. Now that is a level of uh, (laughs) conviction that marked uh, the reformers it has marked uh, the lives of many in the world of missions, and it is a kind of conviction that I'm tempted to say is mainly to be discovered in the history books rather than in contemporary illustrations. I mean, uh, I was just mentioning earlier to somebody that it's 40 years since Chariots of Fire swept the Academy Awards. It's hard to believe that it would even be nominated a few years later. Certainly, that it couldn't win in so many different categories. After all, it's the story of a, some unknown Scottish fellow in the 1924 Olympics who refuses to run because they ask him to run on a Sunday. Uh, you take the average congregation at Parkside, and uh, they, they'll be at church provided there's nothing else that they really want to do. Uh, so the idea, the idea of it being a, a life or death issue, or something that would make the difference between an Olympic gold medal and no medal at all is, you know, it's almost hard to believe that that happened, but it certainly happened. And the same conviction that led him to do that is what led him to go to China uh, to teach. And uh, when he died in his, uh, just as a young man, uh, he left a legacy of of what it means to be a man of conviction in a, in a sea of consensus. Alistair Begg is our guest. The book is called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. You can win it since Truth for Life, which Alistair does at 5 o'clock, coming up here each weekday afternoon, uh, is our Ministry of the Month for May. We're making winners every single day. If you want to get on board with that and perhaps win a grand prize, get to WFIL.com. Find it right there and get entered. Back with more in just a moment. Thanks for listening in today. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and the WFIL app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
It's 431, Tim DeMoss Show. Had some sunshine to enjoy, 68 the high, down to 45 tonight with clear skies. Sunny tomorrow, high 71. Phillies won 6-2 last night. They play again at Washington this evening at 7.05. Sixers lost 103-94. Indiana, they'll try and get back on track at Miami tomorrow night at 7.30. Also, 845 Bibles down, 1,355 to go. In our partnership with Bible League, open the floodgates, Bibles for Africa. Each Bible is just $5. Perhaps you can pick up the cost of one or two, maybe five or 10 or 20, whatever you want to do. Either call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or click the Bibles for Africa banner on our homepage at WFIL.com. Thank you so much for those who have helped out and those who yet will. Very excited to have a very special guest today on our program from Truth For Life, which comes up at 5 o'clock today, uh, Alistair Begg. The new book we're, we're talking through a bit and in and around is Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. We're actually giving that away all month long. It's our ministry of the month, and it's a fun deal. We also have a grand prize folks can win. Uh, check that out at WFIL.com. I know that when we spoke about Pray Big, you had mentioned someone endorsed the book uh, because when you read a title like Pray Big, that could be all kind, taken all kinds of different ways. And that person in particular had said reading your book made him feel he could pray that way, not that he's supposed to pray that way, like it's a should thing. Um, is there any similarity, would you say, with Brave by Faith? Because people could also look at that and say, but I'm not very brave, and feel like this is just a book that's going to make me feel like I'm supposed to be brave and I don't know how to do that. Or do you, what's the tone would you suggest, uh, you know, that Brave by Faith would be for folks who pick it up? Yeah, that's good. No, I mean, that that is the whole point of, of Brave by Faith. It, it, if, it had been, if it was called Be Brave Like Daniel, uh, we could... All of us say, well, I'll tell you what, I, I am not brave like Daniel. So, I, I, and, and the idea that what I'm supposed to do is try my best to be brave like Daniel. And the point that we make early in the book is that this is not a call to be like Daniel, but it is a call to trust Daniel's God, which is to recognize that God knows best, that God is in control, and that he is the one who superintends the affairs of our lives. And once we settle that, then we may discover that, you know, in the same way that when Paul writes to uh, Timothy, encouraging him to, to be brave, in, you know, in his day, you know, he says to him, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that's exactly what is happening in Daniel's case. Daniel's not a hero of the book. God is the hero of the book. And the same God who looked after Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego is the same God who has called us to himself and who has promised that he will bring to completion the good work that he's begun in us. And so uh, I, feel, I feel fearful a great deal of my life. And, uh, and so I have to learn to cast my cares upon the Lord, to rest in the promise of his provision, whether I feel like it or whether I don't feel like it. I don't know that these fellows just went striding into that furnace, but uh, they went in. Yeah. And, and, uh, so when the furnace comes, then we'll find out. Yeah. And maybe as a word of encouragement, because I, I, I took this as a book of encouragement, not as a book of reprimand or come on, you know, like you're poking people uh, along necessarily. Although a good nudge is, is also a good thing at times, but that, that they're really what I, as I read through, thought about was the message of, remember, this is not our home. And in America, till maybe recently, it would be easy to be 
a little more comfortable and say, yeah, God, come back. But if you don't come for a while, I'm still okay. Uh, my brother was a missionary in Africa. He says, when people pray, you know, you, you know, come back, Lord, they mean it. Like they're ready. <laughs> and here we're like, right. well, we could take it whenever, you know, could be next year, 10 years, whenever you get around to it. But then the notion of, listen, the, maybe the winds are changing and maybe the culture really is starting to shift uh, in a way that makes us feel uncomfortable. I think in what point in the book you talk about being a Christian early on, it, it's, it's not fashionable. It's almost like better keep your mouth closed because now it's getting harder to speak up at all. It's actually going to cost you something to, to speak up. Uh, but but all that said, to say, you know what? So you're going to have to fight through that and, and work your way. And, and on a related point, fighting doesn't mean being obnoxious. You can draw those lines and, and be have the, I think you use the word resolve um, in a way that's gracious but firm. So so that and then let's get to the next where our real our eternal home is. Yeah, so let's work along together. Don't have to hang our heads, but we're gonna it's gonna take some work and let's walk with each other as that as that continues on, see where God wants to take it. Yeah, I, that's all that's good stuff. I you know the 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 exiles in Babylon had to, needed, needed Daniel, uh, just the way we need uh, strong leaders. I mean, they they decided by the rivers of Babylon that they would just sit down and hang their harps up on the trees because they said, you know, this is a useless exercise. Uh, How can we sing the Lord song in a foreign land? And there is a there is a real strain of that at the present time. It seems to me in American Christianity. Well, what are we going to do now? We might as well just you know circle the wagons and head for the hills and hope for the best. And then on the other side, you've got a sort of militant, strident, uh, uh, politicized agenda that actually um, is achieving very little. And we'll achieve very little because the answer to the, the complex problems of our world uh, relate to the fact of the uh, very nature of man, that we are, we are sinful and we are messed up and we're broken. And uh, the Christian believes not that we have one option amongst many to offer to people, but that we actually have in Jesus the only one who deals with the great enemies that we face. And so... Uh, the idea of of hiding our lights and uh, shying away is really not an option for us at all. But as you say, Tim, the way in which we do it, uh, it matters a great deal, imaginatively, sensitively, boldly, you know, all of the above. Uh, but nevertheless, brave, brave enough to say what is and brave enough to say what isn't. I mean, we just have to be prepared now to say, no, I, I understand what you're saying about that, but that is just not true. You know, yeah. if you were born as a man, you will die as a man, no matter what you do with your body in the interim. And so these are areas that are not just political issues. They are, they are issues about the very nature of man as made in the image of God. And that is where the real battle for the Bible is being faced, not in terms of people arguing about the validity of the resurrection. That is passé in contemporary terms. No, the reason the Bible is opposed, because of the way the Bible speaks to the issues that are confronting us at this point in our Western culture. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Alistair Begg is uh, our guest. Truth for Life comes up at 5 o'clock. You can catch that program every day, Monday through Friday, also uh, 5.30 a.m., and the new book, Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World, is something we're giving away all month long. 
and featuring, and there's a grand prize too. Um, uh, just shifting back for a second, if I remember correctly, you were uh, you know born and raised in Scotland for t- till your early 30s, then came to the states. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Okay, uh-huh. my wife. I, I came here in '83. '83. Okay, my wife's parents are from um, from Appledorn, I guess about an hour from uh, from Amsterdam, and okay. we've been there a few times. And there's and the concept of what well, you were also write about in the book, the culture there being, you know, all churches are a little smaller if they exist at all, or God's not, you know, as certainly as prevalent as in, and freely worshipped in America or, or, or sought after. Uh, and and you mentioned the book how that that some of that is starting to maybe come through in America for the first time in just in the last five years perhaps. Uh, did you experience that in Scotland, or what was your childhood like in terms of the church and what was normal, uh, if you will? Well, I think I was at the tail end of in in my childhood at the tail end of the um, the great move amongst uh, uh, people in Scotland at the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century. I think that uh, areas of revival in Scotland and the lingering impact of that revival was still, if you like, in the air and part of things when I was growing up. But those days are long gone in Scotland now as well. And so many of my friends who are involved in pastoral ministry there are fighting, you know, an uphill battle along the lines we're speaking about now. And many of them in rural areas have very tiny congregations. And if they were to look to numbers as the indicator of their effectiveness, then they would feel themselves to be dreadful failures. But we have to remind ourselves constantly that, you know, we plant and we water, but uh, God makes things grow, that he has a plan and a purpose that extends beyond our lifetime and right up until the time when he returns in power and in great glory and when he brings to completion uh, all that he has purposed. And we have to hold on to that, and we have to instill that in the generations that come behind us. Uh, And we don't want to end up like, you know, a spiritual version of the two old guys on the Muppets. You know, I got (laughs) Statler and Waldorf, I think it is. You just just sit up on the balcony and complain about everything and heckle everybody and and just basically they've got to comment on everything and none of it is really very helpful. And there's a real danger that the more we age the more we take on that persona. And uh, it's not it's not helpful to us as individuals, and it's not as an experience for people who are, who are around us. I think that's so spot on. It really, it really is, because in the end, it's like we're supposed to take our marching orders, right, all the way through to the end of our lives. And I don't think any of the marching orders say feel sorry for yourself, and none of them say... No, be anxious to try to save the culture, you know, or something. I mean, we want to preserve and do what we can, but most important is to remember who's on the throne and obey him, and uh, and make it about him, not about me obeying him. Even right, you can get so keep your keep talking about you and what you're doing. It's like, well, no, just defer to God and and keep lifting him up and be resolute to uh, to follow him and in love and uh, you know as his words. That's why getting in his word is. You have to keep doing it, right? Because you got to keep learning and growing and, re- and remembering what he wants from us, not what we think he might want from us even. You know, there's a difference between understanding those two things. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the story of Daniel, if, if we have him, let's say, aged 18 or 19, when he gets uh, taken away from his 
security, his family home, his friendships, his essentially his church life, if you like. And then you follow that story. He's a man in his 80s by the time we get to the end. Right. You know, that that qualifies as a long obedience in the same direction. And uh, that's what we that's what we want to be. We want to uh, we want to be running a little faster and a little straighter as we see the finishing line in view, not lying down on the grass and uh, and and uh, complaining or remonstrating. Yeah. And uh, you know, I speak to myself in this. Do. Alistair Begg is our guest uh, with Truth for Life. It comes up at 5 o'clock each weekday, and uh, it happens to be our Ministry of the Month for May. So it's wonderful to uh, and timely to have Alistair joining us today. The uh, book that he's put out that we're giving away this month with the Ministry of the Month is called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. There's also a big grand prize you could win, so check out the details to get entered on that at WFIL.com. Wrap up our conversation with Alistair Begg in just a moment. It's Tim Ross Show. AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 447, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, uh, that is, and on the app. Alistair Begg, good enough to spend a little time with us today. Truth for Life, the program, you'll recognize him from certainly a number of books over the years. The newest one is called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. If I can just ask you for a second, I mentioned a couple times how we have a, a grand prize we're giving away, which includes Name Above All Names, the uh, Charles uh, Spurgeon Study Bible, and Morning by Morning, that devotional, of course, by Charles Spurgeon. Can you just mention a, a minute about Name Above All Names uh, and also your... Uh, connection with the Spurgeon Study Bible, the work that you did there? Surely. Name Above All Names is a great book. 50% of it is really great, and the <laughs> other 50% is just filling in a little bit. Um, the chapters that are done by my elder brother, Sinclair Ferguson, yeah. are worth the price of the book. It's it's a great book because there are very few books that speak about Jesus, actually. It's, it's quite remarkable if you think about it. Um, Jesus is the king, Jesus is the shepherd, he's the prophet, the priest, and so on. Yet, So a good book on Jesus is helpful. Uh, study Bible is great because, you know, it's Spurgeon's material. All that I did was uh, write a little bit at the beginning and read uh, the stuff as it was coming through. So it was more of a privilege for me than anything else. And of course, uh, his devotional work is exceptional, and that's why we continue on a daily basis to provide it here on Truth for Life. So that's a that's a nice a nice prize, and um, I I hope someone will benefit from it. Oh, for sure. And there's a USB that has a 123 of the most requested sermons that's in there as well. So I won't ask you to comment on 123. Just people know that they're <laughs> <laughs> that they're good. Uh, by the way, you know there is that local connection. I think we mentioned but when you were on before. You were at Westminster in our area for a time, yep. right? And uh, Tim, and I got married in Philadelphia. There, yeah. Did you really? I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, I got Valley. I got married in uh, Valley Forge. Wow, that's like one exit down the turnpike from our radio station. That's amazing. Yep. Did you meet your yep. wife here, or just she was? In, you guys were decide Philly is the she, place to get married. It, no, we we met in we met in England, but uh, 
I had to track her down, and when I finally tracked her down after she escaped England, I tracked her down to Philadelphia. So that's true love. That's, that's that was it. It uh, is true love. Was Spurgeon part of your seminary education, or had that? When did you find start reading about uh, reading Spurgeon's work? Any any boy in in the UK that has any interest in Jesus or the Church will will know Spurgeon. Okay. I mean, his influence extends, you know, wait, I think about it, we're even talking about him now. He died at 56. So, no, uh, there, there's a college in London that we used to play football against um, called Spurgeon's College. And so wow. uh, that was that was his college, but that wasn't where I studied. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, Spurgeon, Spurgeon is, uh, you know, Spurgeon was an interesting man. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's part of the grand prize. Again, folks, and enter at WFIL.com for that. Uh, and I did mention football at the beginning, and as we close our chat, uh, and you mentioned it there a second ago, did you? so did you play, uh, I'm saying f- football, meaning the international version, uh, growing up? And, and when, when did you stop and why, if you did? Yeah, yeah, I played it. I played it with a passion um, all the way through uh, into college. Wow. And beyond, when I was a pastor of a church in Scotland, I was still only, what, 26, 27 then. So I played with all the young men in the church, uh, indoor soccer, outdoor soccer. I came here to America at, like, 31 and played indoor soccer until I was 40, I think. Hmm. And why did I stop? Um, I, 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 some American fellow ran into me and broke two of my ribs. Oh, wow. And it was like 11 o'clock at night in in uh, the winter of Cleveland. And as I dragged my sorry self home, <laughs> I started to started to say, you know, this could be a sign here. And uh, so that's when that's when I hung up. That's why I, I hung up my boots at that point. Now uh, that's you know 20, 29 years have elapsed since uh, since my retirement. But you know, if you give me a if you give me a football and uh, and uh, a few unsuspecting souls. I I still got one or two tricks in me. <laughs> Sounds great. Have you have you been? Uh, but and you can certainly watch. I think last time we talked, you had been watching a couple of those uh, potential Super League teams duke it out. Uh, did you follow that brief but intense situation, the Super League formation, and did, or did with much dismay, or oh, what yes. did you think? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. I, I I was fully on the side of the fans, and not on the side of. Um, you know, people that are far removed from from the fans and from the football field, but who are able to turn you know a three billion dollar investment into a seven billion dollar investment without any regard for what that actually means to 120 years of history of people who who have been going and standing on the terraces for their lives. So, yeah. now I was very strongly in favor of that, and I was delighted to see what happened that it, it collapsed, and I'm also delighted to see that. Uh, you know, the end of the European Championships has ended with four four teams from the English Premier League. So it's Chelsea against uh, 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 Manchester City yeah. and uh, Manchester United against, uh, I think, Arsenal. And uh, so, uh, you, you see, uh, the good stuff always comes to the top. Always <laughs> comes to the top. A one a one nothing game better to you than, a, say, a 4-3 shootout? Or do you, do you like more action, more more goals? No, I, I just love I just love football, and uh, you know a good game is a good game, 
I, Americans uh, have a very, very hard time with the idea of a, a game ending in a draw. Yeah. Uh, but when, when, uh, when you recognize really what's going on, goodness gracious, I, I've sat through some unbelievably boring uh, um, uh, Indians games, you know, where you're just waiting for something to happen. And then people say, no, this was fantastic. It's called a no-hitter. I'm like, how do you call it fantastic and nobody hit anything? You know, I've been here for three three hours. I mean, how many, how many hot dogs can I eat, for goodness sake? Just stave off, stave off the boredom. And then, and then the people say, oh, I couldn't watch that stuff. Well, guess what? It's over in 90 minutes, and and your thing lasts for forever. So yeah, and yeah. in fact, I, now that you mention it, I think Cleveland has been no hit twice this year alone. Speaking of which, really, <laughs> yeah. really, I just read that the other wow. day. So yeah, that's funny. Well, no, that's yeah. great. That's well, no, great. but I love. Like, don't don't let like, don't let. We mustn't go out on this note. Yeah. I love all these sports. I like I I learn from everybody, and I do attend them. And uh, I would like uh, I I'd like the, the 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 baseball to end at the seventh inning. I don't like when they start singing that song, you know. <laughs> and that, then I realize, oh golly, we got two more of these to go. <laughs> they had to just shut it down at seven and do themselves and everybody a favor. They did that with the doubleheaders, you know, last year with coronavirus. They were they had a very condensed schedule and they had to do yeah, doubleheaders. Should have kept it going. Yeah, I know that some yeah. of those managers felt that way, just like you're you're commenting there. I I would be remiss to not ask one other quick question related to something that's been speaking of which taken forever. The Deeper Faith Alaska cruise we've been talking about forever, and it kept getting postponed. Lord willing, it's at the other end of the summer. Just your experience—you've been on this kind of cruise before. What your experience has been like, and and how you approach it, because you're obviously speaking to a congregation of sorts that is not people that you you see every day. You may not know any of them, and they're also on a big boat with lots of food. So how do you compete with that? I try and eat as little food as possible. I try and meet as many people as possible. I try and keep my talks as understandable as possible. <laughs> and I, thor- I thoroughly enjoy the experience. And yes, I mean, I, I don't know what year we're on now waiting to get to Alaska, but uh, this, is, this is like the train that never comes. <laughs> so they tell me that it's all systems go, and uh, which is very exciting because... You know, I can only last so long just in Cleveland without going anywhere. So yeah. I'm I'm very excited. And uh, I believe the numbers are strong, but that there's places for others if they would like to come. Yeah. So uh, come along. Is it, it? Do they do a morning session and an evening or session? or how, what, what, What's your prep like for that? Or is it one theme, you know, and have you thought of it yet or what it's going to be about? No, it'll be, be about the Bible and it'll be about Jesus. Well, that's pretty good. That should work, no matter where you go. That's it. Yeah. Amen. Alistair, it's wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much for for writing the book, for taking time to chat, and um, we'll encourage folks to pray for you, too. I'm sure day by day for wisdom and strength and joy as you keep serving him. Uh, Thanks a lot, Tim. And my best to you and your family, and especially to your daughter. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a treat. Alistair Begg from Truth For Life on the Tim DeMoss Show. Hope to have the podcast set up uh, tonight, maybe tomorrow. A little backlogged. I have not posted some for a little bit. We'll get to that. But eventually you should be able to hear that. Uh, he spent the better part of the hour with us, which is wonderful. 
uh, not only coming up at 5 o'clock tonight, but also weekday mornings at 5.30. You can catch Alistair and Truth For Life, which is our ministry of the month. Every day we're giving away his brand new book, Brave By Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. High fives to Lee and King of Prussia, Carrie in Smyrna, Delaware, Jen in Phoenixville, Marilyn in Marlton, a little alliteration there, and uh, Tracy in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, all have won thus far this month, and a number of others. You can get in on that at WFIL.com. There's also a grand prize you can win featuring the new book, plus several other really cool items. Truth for Life, Alistair Begg, WFIL's May Ministry of the Month, 5 p.m. and 5.30 a.m. each weekday. Have a wonderful evening. Looking forward to the Trivia Thursday tomorrow on WFIL. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.